Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. That is, as you know, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're going to spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. We're going to talk about education. Uh, we're going to talk about the lovely weekend or the week, the holiday, the big time, the big time holiday coming up. We got all kinds of good stuff on the bill. Maybe a little twins talk later. Twins talk. Uber producer Dan Peters is back in studio with us after a restful and wet sojourn. A little wet sojourn to central Iowa. Did you get wet, Dan? Was it was it bad? It was by choice. Yeah. You know, you could I could stay inside. It was just a small portion of that, but yeah. then I got got a little soggy. But other than that, yeah, there was some there was some some showers. Not the record flooding that they got in Des Moines. No, so you were you were south of Des Moines. I was right? north of Des Moines. North of you were north of Des Moines. Sorry, and uh, so our friend Brian Allen from KSFY. If you follow him on the Facebooks, he had quite the adventure. He was down there in the middle of. Uh, Des Moines. I saw him at the iCubs game. Yeah, and then it started raining, and then it started flooding, and then he couldn't get out of downtown Des Moines. And having lived in downtown Des Moines, um, they have some drainage issues. <laughs> it's If you ever want a lesson in how not to build a city at some measure, you go to Des Moines because it's a landlocked city by all those suburbs, and they've got so much nonprofit land down there with all the government and such that uh, their tax base went to crap because the suburbs won't help them, and so now they can't fix anything. But, yeah, it, it, uh, it floods there. And, uh, well, I was thinking of you, Dan, because I knew you were down in the region, so I'm glad, glad you didn't get hit by the worst of it. No, no, I did not. And, actually, it was a, a welcome sight. You know, my, my father-in-law, he doesn't farm anymore, but he rents the ground that he, that he owns. Sure. So, so he is... He's like, you know, my my tenants are are happy, so that's good. He's still I, very much in tune to the patterns of uh, the growing season. No doubt about yeah, it. It matters to him. Well, that's good. I'm glad things worked out for you. You know, we had a great time. We dodged the rain a little bit. I mean, it rained like crazy on Saturday night. But Saturday, uh, of course, I was out there for the Sioux Falls Trail Challenge, which was uh, we've talked about a lot on this program because – it's uh, Falls Area Bicyclists raising money for the Falls Area Single Track Project at Tut Hill. And, uh, boy, people came out like crazy. We had more than 400 riders, runners, rollers. And, uh, you know, the, the, it's still the, the, the accounting, the bookkeeping still be the, the, the reconciling of the receipts is still being done. But, you know, really a very successful uh, fundraiser for the Tut Hill Single Track, which is already the digging is underway. They're making the trail over there as we speak on the backside of Ted Hill Park, where uh, a lot of people never go um, because it's pretty much just woods and aggressive terrain. Uh, they've they've got uh, we, uh, fast Falls Area Single Track hired this professional trail builder out of Rapid City. He's got a big machine, and uh, they're in there making the trail already, and it's going to be just awesome. So thanks to everybody who came out. But it looked a little dice. You know, in the morning, a little sketch, as we like to say. The kids say it was a little sketch because we thought it might rain. Well, it didn't, and it was beautiful. You know, it was a little cloudy. Thought it might rain a couple times. Looked like it might rain. Just look, you know, how the you were looking on the weather radar, and it just whoosh, glanced right past us with them big rain clouds. So we got lucky. Had a great time. 
You should have been there, Dan. Well, I could have been there, but I was in I Iowa. Know. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean that. As Come a, on, man. I didn't mean that as a slight. I was on but, vacation. Yeah. So you're you're uh, rested and ready, is what you're saying. Yeah. That's back at it, man. It's fantastic. How do you feel? You a little tired on the first day back? I don't know. It's just been I've been yawning here the last couple of uh, last about twenty minutes or so, and I I found that disturbing. But I think I've snapped out of it. You want to just lay down there in the production booth and uh, take a little nappy poo? No, it's too cold in here. I'd never <laughs> never be able to to take a solid. Never be able. No, can't do it. Need a banky. Um, More than that, I, I, I was uh, I was riding my bike today. You know. And so I had to come up from downtown. I was downtown this morning. Got to come up from downtown. Uh, wind's blowing out of the south about uh, 30 knots, something like that. It's, it is nasty, the wind. And I didn't really realize it had come up that far. So I, uh, I struggled a little bit on that last stretch of the bike trail. Oh, yeah. That south breeze is stiff today. I don't like that. I, I don't mind a little wind. But uh, when it's like that and it's hot out, it's just, eh. On my way back from Iowa, you could see all those wind because they have wind towers. Yeah, and a lot of them across Iowa. Yeah, they do. a lot, a lot, and those things were spinning quite briskly yesterday. Yeah, you know, Iowa has uh, the state of Iowa has taken it as an initiative to have a minimum amount of their electricity generated from renewable sources, and uh, so is Minnesota. And by because of that, they have a lot of wind towers over there. We, over here, we kicked them out of Lincoln County. We don't want no wind towers in Lincoln County. Well, that's that's fine. There's yeah, but we've got that hydroelectric power. Oh, yeah. Thanks to the engineers and yep. the fine workers that put all that stuff together at Gavin's Point, at Fort Randall, yeah. oh, be, uh, Lake Oahe. Uh, Lake Oahe out there. Lake but, Sharp. But the thing about uh, your hydroelectric is it's capped, you know, and most of it's already divvied out because the co-ops and everybody get their chunk. So if you're like the city of Sioux Falls or what have you, we don't, we don't get any of that power, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's the way it was, it was formed. And so we need power, man. Put up the wind turbines, put up the solar panels. Every new building, every new industrial sort of building. And uh, uh, I've had, I've had, I've talked with uh, experts on this. Uh, Howard Lerner, he's with the uh, uh, Environmental Policy Center. And they used to have an office here when they were working on some things. And he talks a lot about the affordability of solar. And one of the things that he says right now is it's the price of it's come down so far that if, if you're building any building of consequence with a big flat roof, especially public buildings, you should be putting solar on it because it's going to pay for itself. But, you know, we'll get there. Yeah, you can't, you can't put coal on the roof. It's no. not going to make any power that way. No, we don't, you know, there's, you know, a little bit of everything, Dan. A little bit of everything. That's, that's the way to go. We didn't come here to talk about energy today, though. We got on that. That's how Dan are. We, we, you know, we get talking and we just get into a conversation about all kinds of very high level and very interesting things. So, and you find people get to partake in that. So thank you, Dan. Sure. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll make our way out of the rabbit hole now. <laughs> We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Sioux Falls School Superintendent Brian Maher. Of course, we're going to talk, speaking of big public buildings, we're going to talk about the big bond proposal that's coming down the pipe for new schools in the district and other issues facing education in our fine community. The common man is our weird friend of the day. He's, he's got some bad news about the twins, I think. Emily Keel, she's director of communications with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. We'll talk about camping 
in the state parks over the 4th and what you need to know if you're headed out there, not just Wednesday, but all weekend. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, yeah, well, big money for big buildings. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Sure, we're gonna get a little closer to free today on the Patrick Wiley Show at 319 on a beautiful Monday afternoon. A little breezy, but warm and a wonderful, wonderful summer day. So let's just all knock off early, right? I'm that no, I'll stay here with you people. You can knock off early, but you can take the radio with you and we'll just chat. We'll have ourselves a conversation. Uh, so the PL statements, time of day when we look through the news and just sort of, you know, chat about the things that are upsetting us, making us happy, getting our goat, as it were. And uh, so it wasn't just one thing, one story, one one situation. Uh, and it's it's not a it's not something I'm upset about. It's just something I've, I have concerns about. All right. Uh, and I just noticed. And uh, actually, I was reading uh, uh, South Dakota Scott Erisman's blog, and it. He was just rounding up some, you know, he's a, he's a tax guy. He's, he's worried about the, the pocketbook of the common man. And, uh, and, and he put these three things together and I, I, you know, we knew about all these things, but I, I thought it's, it's worth also looking at. So I want to give a little credit where credit is due there. But over the recent weeks and months, there are uh, three separate entities in our city have discussed, uh, and explored the need for major building projects. Okay. And all three are things that we've known were coming for some time. Uh, but with all the gro- discussions of amenities for the city, the event center, the aquatic center, the city center, some bigger and less sexy needs have been coming up over the horizon. And again, shouldn't surprise anybody. Schools, jails, and clean water. And we need them all. There's no doubt about that. Sioux Falls uh, Public School Superintendent Brian Maher is on the show today after four, and we'll talk about the space crunch the district faces. It, that's real. We know that's real. Mayor Paul Tenhaken said recently that the city needs to spend like 260, 260 milski for water reclamation. That's so that we can have, uh, you know, we can take care of our water needs. That's real. Okay. That's a, that's a situation. And the county needs up to $50 million to expand. I believe that's the number, about 50. You know, I don't think there's a hard, firm number on that. Yep, to expand the Minnehaha County Jail. That's been coming for a while now. We need a a better work release facility because uh, our work release facility is in the old Elks Lodge, where I spent a lot of quality hours of my working youth. That's a lot of cash uh, for a growing city. Okay, uh, we we know that it, 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 that we need it. Okay, we're getting bigger all the time. Five thousand people a year move here, and it's going to mean that taxpayers, particularly property owners, are going to have to are going to have to foot the bill. Right? We know these things. These are not shockers. None of the projects individually um, are an overwhelming bite. They're big. You know, two hundred sixty million—a lot of money. 
to bond out. Um, 190 million for the schools. That's that's sort of the the working number. That's a lot of money. You know, 50 million used to seem like big big money. But it's the 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 less of the three by a long ways. That doesn't mean that none of these things aren't necessary because they are. You can't I supported the building and event center, okay? I supported the aquatic center. I didn't have a problem with building the new administration center for city government. Okay, we those things, I I supported all those. There were uh, issues along the way, certainly. I had my share of uh, qualms, quibbles, with how the event center deal came down. But we needed one. We'd known that for a long time. I support the indoor swimming area, the aquatic center. I use it. It's, I think it's a wonderful facility. It's, a, it's an asset to the community. And you can quibble over how that happened. The administration building, uh, uh, I mentioned Scott earlier. Scott would say, well, I think we could have leased that space and we wouldn't have to spend so much money. Sure, you could. that's a legitimate point. But I think that for the long term, we needed the building. Okay. But it all costs money. So now I have to be willing to pony up for schools, water, and jails. Because that's more important, ultimately, isn't it? Than an event center or a swimming center or government offices. Yes, it is. And it's actually more expensive. So I have to be willing to pay that, and I am. But there's a definite note of caution here for our public officials, and that is tread lightly and work together. You can't all be independently doing these projects and expect the public not to lump them all together in their mind. Push too far and the people will push back. And again, we can't afford not to do any of these three major initiatives. Now, there may be ways to save money. And I would bet that when we have Dr. Maher in here later, Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Maher, Brian Maher, I would bet that he would say we are going to try and find every efficiency possible to make this to to make this as uh, uh, cost effective as we can. And I would bet if you talk to when we talk to the mayor next, and he'll be in here after not too too long of a time again, he'll say we're going to do everything we can to make sure that this major utility project is done properly and in the best interests of the people because we we need water. And we need to be able to process all that. You know, and we need to be able to treat things. It's important. It's a public health issue, these things. But now is not the time to turn a deaf ear to taxpayer concerns. And here's where it can get tricky. Because it may seem like $24 a year to the average home payer, home owner. It may seem like, you know, a few dollars here and there for water on your water bill. But once a tax revolt starts, it's a very difficult thing to turn around. And we saw that in South Dakota. And we're still living with the effects of that in South Dakota from the late 80s and early 90s when all these tax caps were put into place. Because there was 
a significant taxpayer revolt. And you can't just turn those things around because once they start building initiative, once the public loses trust, that's when things go wrong and that's when you can't pass a bond initiative. And this city's been very fortunate in that we've been able to pass these things. I mean, there are not even any pushback. Opt-outs by the county or opt-outs by the school district or you know, these opting out of the tax caps that came in to being out of the tax revolt of the 80s and 90s. So let's not go back down that path. Let's not push too far. Let's not have these be big, nasty, contentious issues. Because we need them. And properly sold, people will understand. But that's on our public officials. And that is the bottom line on today's PNL statement. You can agree or disagree with me by sending me an email, Patrick at KSO.com, or you can get on our Twitter feed at P Lally Show and hang out there with us for a little bit. Also, Facebook Live, which we always have rolling on the show at the KSO account. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, recently returned to the news pod, we will chat with. The Common Man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Town on a crippled horse. Got fired from a cattle drive. Up north, the ropes of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got Michael 45. And we bring in not the California kid, which is uh, the Beat Farmers song that we're listening to, but the common man, who is, of course, a, the Sioux Falls kid. That's what we'll call him from now on. Uh, Mr. Common. <laughs> Mr. Common, you were telling me this story. We were talking about uh, as I was chatting with you right before we came on. And you have to, after I let you go, I thought, you know, that's, you got to tell this story. So uh, the, on the. And it sounds more on the value of infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, according to uh, uh, old man Common. Yeah, it's just it's like my idea. old old Red used to say. He'd say, uh, you know, there's there's no you don't form a committee to decide when your refrigerator breaks. <laughs> you go out, you buy a refrigerator. Right. You know, you, when your car dies, you go. Well, I don't know. Gee whiz, I, you, you buy it. You know. <laughs> your your well, shoes get a hole in them. You buy new shoes. There's certain things you just can't debate about, and you, and, you, and one of them is, well, let's see, water treatment. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, you know, once we've got a community of 250 toes, you know, here's the thing. Here's an area we should skimp on. <laughs> no water yeah. treatment. It's going to cost you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to cost you. Just you. write the check. What, what's, what would Boone say? He'd say, write, write him a check and tell him to go to hell. <laughs> That's right. That's a classic Boonism, right that there. That is that is an old cactus classic. There's a write him a check, tell him to go to hell. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, the reason uh, before we got uh, sidetracked. First of all, my my twins are in the tank, dude. Well, you know, it's these are the times that try twins fan souls. Oh my god. Thirty-five and forty-five, nine games back, just a disastrous series in Chicago with both the White Sox and the Cubs. I mean that that broke out into a, a you know a Citibank softball team game. <laughs> Citibank that was fifteen C- years ago. That was Citibank versus the pocket right there. <laughs> oh, just a calamity! You know nobody. 
You know, you've been waiting for, for Casey Stengel. To, can anybody here play this game? Yeah, that's right. Oh, God almighty. Uh, it's hard to, it's just was hard to listen to. I, but yeah, but the, So it's really, this is it, right? So you've got two, two weeks until the July 15th, the All-Star break coming up here shortly. And they're 35 and 45, 80 games in, nine games back. So the next two weeks, they have three games with the Brewers, who are good. Mm-hmm. Four with terrible Baltimore, mm-hmm. three with terrible Kansas City, and four with Tampa, who's right about five hundred. Mm-hmm. So out of those ten game, fourteen games, you got to figure you they got to go ten and four, nine and five. Yes. Otherwise, it's plug pulling time. It's trading time. Yep, and because the, the trade deadline is July thirty first, so at that point you're you're thinking, well, hello. Trade to Dozier, Dozier, Logan yeah. Morrison, yeah. Later, yeah. Fernando Rodney, nice yep. knowing you, Lance Lynn. Hey, yep. that's Don't exactly let the right. Door hits you up because if the infrastructure of young guys that they've counted on, if they can't and won't and aren't going to be the centerpiece of that team, mm-hmm. they got to find new centerpieces. Yep. And the only way to do that is to deal with veteran guys and you know, start a Rip off a new page of paper. Yeah, Buxton, come on, buddy. Sano, got <sighs> get it together, people. Well, of course. And then you probably saw that former Twins can't miss the By- Byron Buxton of three years previous. Uh, Hicks, mm-hmm. Adam, Aaron Hicks hit three home runs for the Yankees last night mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Baseball. And you just—is there some reason? The Twins have to sort of look within and say, what is it about our development process that? We get these guys, bring them up, flame out, and as soon as they go someplace else, David Ortiz, everybody, you know, all yes. these guys. Big poppy. Hey, all of a sudden we're all-stars. and we're, it's, you know, Change of scenery is always something that people point to, but mm-hmm. why can't it be our scenery? <laughs> Every once in a while it is, but we had I had such high hopes. It's not over. I'm, I'm not giving up. I am not giving up, common man. No, but this is, this, this is going to have to be... You know, the battle of the bulls. This is the last push because if, we, if they can, if, you know, if they can get nine, ten wins here against this, this stretch, you know, then hey, it's never good be. when you're. I don't care what year it is. I don't care. You're never good when your battle of the bulls comes in Baltimore. <laughs> or, yeah, or and it comes in early July. Yeah, when, that's bad. when you're already you're already making your last stand in early July. You know, but uh, did you see the outfield they put? After Rosario left the game, they had Williams Estadio, a, you know, a Triple A catcher mm-hmm. out there. Logan Morrison, who belongs in a major league outfield about as much as you and I do, mm-hmm. and I think it was now Nick Cave might have been the other guy. So Nick Cave is a credible outfielder. But yeah, but oh the corners God. were not the, the corners were a little rounded off. If you know what I'm saying, oh. uh. Williams looks like in, if rerun. Uh, from oh mom, um, <laughs> I can't think of it. <laughs> so right. I should have searched the name of the show before I said rerun. Yeah, that's right. From no, what's, what's happening, right. that's what's, what it there was. There you go. Rerun from what's happening. You know, his grandson was yeah. playing for the Twins. <laughs> oh God! By golly, there's our left fielder. But you know, he did a credible job. He did yeah. a great job. I said, maybe, maybe it's all right. He, no, it's not. Fine. Don't make so, me just don't make me turn to the world. I, you know, I I'm gonna have to watch the World Cup. That's what's gonna happen. 
think, did you see the Russia? You know, you watch the World Cup, and that's fine. But Russia made the quarterfinals for the first time in, since 1970. Yeah. So, you know, it, that Putin can do no wrong, Home right? cooking. Home cooking uh, there. A little home cooking's a good thing. And be, what can't that guy do? If you're getting 98% of the, you know, the <laughs> vote, <laughs> and you're getting your World Cup team in the quarterfinals, I mean, <laughs> maybe that guy. We should put him in charge of the water treatment plant. <laughs> or the twins. Or the twins. <laughs> you will hit well. So uh, it was a Brazil beat Mexico today, right? Didn't that mm-hmm. happen? That was a, so Brazil's on the fast track to win this again, right? Because Germany's gone, Spain's gone, Ar- yep. Argentina gone. I think they're still in. Yep. Maybe they're still in there. No, so Argentina's out. They're out. So what are we talking about? We got the quarterfinals. We still got. Uh, uh, we're not going to get all the way through this, but oh, Brazil. But you, isn't it comforting though that the U.S. isn't in it? Yeah, because well. you know that's it's here. That, that's the U.S. mentality, right? This is why would we want to be in something we can't win? That's right. We don't want to do that. <laughs> we would rather sit on the sidelines and make fun of all of them. If Germany got beat. You know, Germany got beat. I can't believe that. You know, that's but it's it, that's. I've always said soccer is you know that's it's communism at work. <laughs> all these guys work so hard. Can you see an American athlete running down, you know, 70 yards, weaving, dribbling, mm-hmm. dodging with the ball, mm-hmm. running 70 yards down the field, mm-hmm. and at the last second some guy slides over and pokes the ball? <laughs> no. That would no. happen about twice. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy would say, uh, yes, talk to my agent. <laughs> I, need, I, I, I just need ran a... 70 yards and didn't score. Forget it. <laughs> I need better circumstances. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, I'm going to have to start paying attention. I've been sort of vaguely paying attention, and I, I you know, I enjoy it when you know it's a, it's a spectacle, it's a spectacle. But now I got to pick a team out of what's left. Well, then you you are you're familiar with the diving, and in in, in yeah, the, oh yeah, that to me is fantastic. How those guys? You know, if I was if I was Spielberg and I was doing Saving Private Ryan two. Mm-hmm. I would say I would get myself a whole bunch of soccer players and say, "Okay, here's going to be the boom, and you, you know, you guys all throw your arms up in the air <laughs> dramatically and oh, <laughs> sort of like the NBA." Um, exactly. Hey, do uh, you got a joke for me today? I, I don't. All right, that's okay. I, don't, I don't don't have a joke. Can you get the, somebody to bring me some food? I'm starving. I, I to, I'm tired and I'm hungry. That's the two. Then you're hangry, and that's a terrible combination. Yeah, and I got the a... superintendent coming in later, and I don't want to get in trouble there. <laughs> Just remember your manners, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> uh, Common, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, all right? <laughs> okay, thanks, Patrick. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat with uh, the uh, representative, e- Emily I'm sorry, Emily Keel. She is director of communications with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks, and we're going to talk about camping and stuff good stuff this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 348 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo and we bring in on the telephone from uh, beautiful here, South Dakota, where it's about 112 degrees and a 45-mile-an-hour wind, Emily Keel. She's director of the communications with the South Dakota Game, Fish, and Parks. Emily, I, I've got that about right, right? It's like a horrific sort of desert situation out there. Yeah, you, you know, you, you said that with such confidence and accuracy. I, I have nothing to correct. 
And it's just completely made up. I already know that. It's beautiful <laughs> out there. So, Emily, uh, we wanted to have you on the program because uh, you work for the GFMP and we love the GFMP. Um, and it's a we're coming into the really heavy camping, camping time of the year with the holiday and such. Um, how's it looking out there? Can I even get a campsite these days? Well, you know, our state parks over the 4th of July, I mean, it's, it's truly a destination uh, for some families and for many guests, this is a tradition. They have to they have to book their campsites months in advance and for two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So we see high use of the campgrounds, the beaches. We see an increase in day use in some areas over this holiday. And um, you know we we know that everyone wants to come out, yeah. have a fun, relaxing time, and then you know also a safe time. For a lot of us, the Fourth of July holidays like Christmas. You know they. You know, a lot of people take the week off between Christmas and New Year's. A lot of people also take like a week right over the 4th because it's such a it's such a great time to be outside. And uh, state parks are a great place to go. Um, now, if I did want to go, is there anywhere I could go? I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of camping area along the Missouri River uh, from the, from the big transfer of lands maybe a decade ago. Are there still spots out there anywhere I can go? I would recommend for some who, who want to get out and enjoy our parks, uh, the day use. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our boat ramps, I mean, there's going to be some, some heavy use times, but, but our, our, our day rates are, are very reasonable uh, for a family, for individuals who, who just want to spend the day in the park um, and not camp, or mm-hmm. maybe they're camping elsewhere and, and, they're, and they're traveling to and from the park. I mean, it's, it's these areas are great for for boating for for some of our areas up and down the Missouri or yeah. even in the southeast or northeast you can rent canoes kayaks uh, some have paddle boards um, you, you should probably call in advance yeah. though because the fourth is is such a, a, busy, a busy time, time. so if I if I am going out what do I need to remember here I uh, I can bring all my fireworks and blow everything up right no. absolutely not no no that. fireworks. <laughs> No, what we stress is leave those fireworks at home um, for for everyone's safety. That that's the primary reason. Leave the fireworks at home. Yes, and so that's one that's one rule. Uh, I suppose there's a big ticket for that. If you get if you get caught doing that, you're just you're going right to jail. Um, that's not true. It's a ticket. Uh, there now. There's been a lot of talk lately, particularly because we got the uh, emerald ash borer around here about moving firewood. That's always an issue in the state parks, isn't it? Yeah, and I would like to visit a little bit about that. You mentioned the emerald ash borer infestation. So those in Minnehaha County and the surrounding areas, like Turner and Lincoln, are probably more familiar than this with this issue and concern than than some of our other listening folks. But that infestation was confirmed in northern Sioux Falls in early May. And so, I mean, we've seen this invasive insect kill tens of millions of ash trees in at least 32 states. So it's very important that we um, restrict the use of firewood um, in this quarantine area. So we're asking folks, do not bring out-of-state wood into South Mm -hmm. Dakota. Do not bring wood that's been within this quarantine area into any South Dakota state park unless it has a label affixed certifying it has emerald ash borer treated and is safe to move. Well, the other now, thing, part, you guys, help, I mean, all the state parks, they got wood there. Why would you want to haul wood 
just get there, buy your wood. It's cheap, right? Firewood is available for purchase in the parks or from local stores outside the quarantine area. If you do purchase firewood from a state park within the quarantine area, do not remove it from the park. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Always so, a good idea. So yes, the, oh, and, and that quarantine area, if folks aren't familiar, I just want to mention real quick, includes all of Minnehaha County as well as portions of Turner and Lincoln, as I mentioned earlier. But folks can visit Emerald Ash Borer in South Dakota.sd.gov uh, for more information. Yeah, that's always good uh, to keep in mind. And I think there's some stuff on the city site too, stufalls.org, that gives oh, you all perfect. that information. So, yeah, don't move far. Just don't move wood right now. It's just not a good idea, you know, because you're going to do something wrong and you're going to kill some trees. So, uh, and the last thing, of course, that I always worry about is people uh, transporting like uh, zebra mussels and stuff around in their boats, in their bilge. Right, that's always something we still got to worry about, right? The invasive water things. <laughs> yes. Aquatic invasive species is what we refer to them in a more formal capacity here at Game Fish and Park. So let me remind folks of a few basic rules because we want to help slow the spread of these um, invasive buggers. Um, so remember to open or remove all drain plugs failers, valves, or similar devices and leave them out until in the boat ramp parking lot area or when the boat is being launched, loaded, or on the water. Want folks to clean all vegetation, uh, mud, muck from boats or trailers or other watercraft. And then when we talk about bait or fish, do not transport them in water taken from the lake river stream. Bait and fish uh, may only be transported away from the boat ramp parking area in water from a domestic source, dry or on ice. So bring a cooler, pack it with ice, transport your fish that way. Um, Keep those drain plugs open when you're before and after launch. Awesome. Emily Keel, she's Director of Communications with South Dakota Game, Fish, and Parks. And uh, you pay attention to the rules, people. Emily, thanks a lot for taking a few moments for us today. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you so much. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we'll talk to uh, Superintendent Brian Maher after the break at the top of the hour. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar! 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it is the 4th of July on Wednesday, and you've got the Big Independence Day celebration downtown, parade at 10, fun run walk at 8. Uh, there's a parade, that's a parade. The first 5,000 attendees will enjoy free lunch. It's all at Falls Park and the Stockyards Ag Experience Barn down there around Falls Park. That's going to be a good time. For a full listing, go to KSO.com. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fourteen fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I'm very pleased to have back in the studio with us today, Dr. Brian Maher. He is the superintendent of Sioux Falls Public Schools, and uh, he's, a, he's a very, very busy man this, this right around here. And we will we'll chat a little bit more about that in a second. But first of all, uh, I was trying to think earlier, how long, how long have you been here now? 
That's a great question. This is my first, the first week of my fourth year. I've I've just completed three years here already. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that is a. I would have yeah. thought if I, I was second year, and oh man, flying by. So, so if you were betting on three or less years, you <laughs> lost. You lost that bet. I, I went with the. <laughs> hey, I went with the over. I went yeah, with the good, over. Good. I'm still. Uh, I did all right. Uh, so uh, how how you how you doing? You all right? Yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, you you look really good. good. You look rested. Uh, I feel really good. Uh, I, I, I love uh, love the job and love the city, and uh, maybe more importantly, so does my wife. So we're <laughs> so we're in we're in a really good spot. Uh, before we get too far in, we got to talk about your son. Sure. Uh, we, every time you're on here, we get a status update. Former uh, kicker for the University of Nebraska, and then went up and uh, did some time in the Canadian League, right? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. and what's what's his name again? Brett. Brett. And where is he now? Brett, uh, Brett right now is on the uh, Dallas Cowboys roster. He's uh, He went through OTAs with them. Um, just finished that up here, gosh, probably a week and a half or two weeks ago. And and it was actually up here in, in, the Sioux, in Sioux Falls this weekend with his wife and two little girls and got a little workout in at Howard Wood Field. It was kind of fun then. Well, you got the keys, so I, 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 I get to go shag for him. That was still a lot of fun, and and uh, so have you always have you been doing this shagging balls for him since he was a little kid? Oh gosh, probably since he was. I don't remember when he started six, seven, eight for sure. No later than that, I'm positive. And and yeah, and it, it's still one of the great joys in my life to catch uh, catch footballs that my 28 year old little boy kicks. <laughs> You look out there, and he's yeah. still a little kid, right? Yeah, that's exactly. He's right. just farther away. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I can't throw the ball back to him anymore. <laughs> you just got to bag him up and run him over. Yeah. How old are his kids? They can get out there and shag he's, some balls. Um, they can't quite catch him yet. Oh. His oldest is four, and his youngest is one. Uh, two little girls who love going to work with their dad, if you will. But uh, they're, they're they're a lot of fun, and uh, it's, it's it's sure been a lot of fun for over the years watching him do that. Yeah, well, best of luck to Brett out there uh, in uh, California at the uh, training camp, and Thanks. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll, it's a we'll, tough, it's a tough game. Uh, you know, he's 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 been here before. He's been in Canada for uh, three plus years. Um, yeah, um, so I don't get overly excited about where he is right now because I've seen folks, I've seen way too many folks leave those camps prematurely. Yeah. yeah. So what what does he want to do long term? Um, I, I, I don't really know. He's, he's trained, he's trained as a teacher, as a math teacher. Um, and so we'll, we'll see if that's his calling or, um, something different than that. I'm, I'm really not sure. At, yeah. at the age of 22, 23, I was sure that was the, the path. And yeah. now I'm not so sure. And, and he doesn't like to talk about it because it takes the mind off of the, 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 the current goal, the current vision. Right. You don't let any negativity creep in, Right. 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 Laser focused. That's yeah. that's the way it's got to be. Um, we're going to talk a little bit today about, uh, first of all, the uh, whole issue of building schools in our community um, and uh, what's, you know, sort of this, this bond proposal, the building schools proposal that's coming up. Uh, we're going to do that a little bit. But first, I want to chat uh, also uh, about this is the first year that we're going back to what I would consider the normal school schedule uh, starting pre-Labor Day. I have that correct, correct? That is correct. So uh, what's the actual start of school if, if people are unprepared out there? Sure. The, the first day of school this year will be August 23rd. 
And, and you are right. In 2015, 2016, and 2017, we started the day after Labor Day. And, uh, and this year is the first year and, and now four years where we'll have a pre-Labor Day start to the school year. What, do, do you prefer one or the other? I know you, you've been fairly agnostic in this conversation. Yeah, I, I really am. I think in, in, this, in this point what I do, I think, is I research and try to figure out what's the best time to start school. And there isn't an answer that the that for the best time. It really depends on the lens that you look through. Um, if your kids are young and uh, the, the semester testing isn't an issue and AP exams aren't an issue, then I think you want to hang on to that summer as long as you can while the weather's good at the end of August and, and into September. And we find our elementary families and our elementary teachers really prefer that, that later start. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we found, though, is once you get into high school, uh, the, the preference is pre-Labor Day start time so that you can get the semester testing done prior to the winter break and the, and the AP tests line up closer to the end of the year because we don't get to schedule those. Those are, those are scheduled nationally so that those tests line up closer to the end of the school year rather than, you know, you take those the first week in May and then you have a month of school left. And so the, the preparation is a little different and certainly after the test is a little different. One of the things that we've seen, though, Pat, is, uh, Patrick, is that the kids, the, the, the test scores didn't really go one way or the other. Semester tests didn't change much. AP results didn't change much. Enrollment in AP courses didn't change much. So there's not a lot of, of uh, hard evidence that suggests you should start here or there. So really for me, getting back to the original question, mm-hmm. what do I prefer? I really pref- prefer, I put myself in the position of what does our community want? So we put together a pretty robust community engagement process to figure out what our community wanted. And what we found was people wanted it all over the place. Some people wanted it earlier than where we're actually starting. Some people wanted it just a few days later um, than where we were starting. And a few still wanted it after Labor Day. And I think what we did was put together an engagement exercise that was truly a compromise situation I'm not sure any person, let alone any group, got exactly what they wanted. Um, and so uh, there was a good deal of give and take and a good deal of compromise and, uh, and still some really strong opinions on when we should be starting. But given all that, uh, August 23rd is the date. You're just never going to make everybody happy. And like when, when, it's such a strange issue because, as you say, the it didn't seem to affect the things you really care about, which are uh, academic rigor and, and test scores. And, and, and these. it's all about lifestyle, which isn't unimportant. But when it's about lifestyle, then there's no guidance other than weather. Then, then, what, <laughs> yeah. then, what, then what's the lens that I look through? Yep, yeah. You're exactly right. You know, we take semester exams after the winter break, and, uh, and that's certainly inconvenient. But it didn't show any uh, appreciable uh, increase or decrease. And that's interesting. In the results. I yeah. would have thought there would have been some effect, yeah. even if it was sort of marginal. Right. Uh, right. Very interesting. Um, it's also weird in that nobody, the other schools in the area didn't change. So 
the Catholic schools started before Labor Day. I think most of the uh, suburban schools started before Labor Day, right? Correct. Well, in fact, the the 23rd is, I'm going to call it the median date, knowing that it's not exactly the median right, date. Right, right. But it's somewhere right in there with, with uh, all of the districts that are contiguous to ours. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very close to right in the middle of when everybody starts. I think there are a couple that start before us and a couple that start the Monday after us, but but most start right on or near August 23rd. So we'll, we'll be kind of right in the mix with everybody else again. Which gets you done when? Uh, hey. I, don't, I don't know that <laughs> date, but it is, uh, I, I know this. I know graduation will be on Memorial Day weekend, so it must be that the, either last week or next to last week in May. But it's, it's not in June. It's not in June. Which is, it starts to feel kind of, that would be tough. I, I just think out of all of it, the starting after Labor Day is easy. It's when you get into June, man, the kids, they got to be starting to real. I suppose it doesn't matter. They're going to they're gonna want out no matter what, right? I think we heard a lot of things. Uh, it, it was interesting because I looked at all of this from afar when it originally happened. This actually originally happened when I was still down in Kearney, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was coming, so I followed it closely in the— in the media as much as I could. And uh, I think a lot of the things that people feared really didn't happen um, one one way or the other. And so hope, hopefully we can get to a, a reasonable place where most everybody's okay with the start and end date for school. We'll, we'll go through this exercise again next year after we mm-hmm. have the opportunity to live through it. Uh, we'll, we'll put a, a, a representative sample of folks together again and, and have this same conversation again next year. Uh, in the in the in the grand scheme of things, this is probably not such a terrible problem to have. It, it really isn't, but it's very emotional. People get very emotional when it comes to moving the calendar one way or the other. Yeah. So you have to you have to give it its due. Throw year-round school in there for me, would you? Just just try that one. Time. Well, uh, we, see when, how that goes. When we get this group together, we'll throw that out there and we'll give you credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, we're going to come right back and talk more with uh, Dr. Brian Maher. He is the superintendent of schools here in Sioux Falls. And uh, we're going to get into the whole issue about how many schools and how much it's going to cost. You're going to want to stay with us. News and weather is next. And then we'll be back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. It's those lipstick bathing beauty queens you don't see them, do you there? 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Dr. Brian Maher. He is superintendent of the Sioux Falls Public Schools, beginning his fourth glorious year here in the best little city in America. Um, I had to say that. I can't help myself. I just I just do it. Uh, Dr. Maher, um, let's get let's get after the big news of the day of the week of the month. And that is this. Uh, you put together. You've been talking about this for a while. We've got a lot of kids coming into the district. You're growing. Uh, we need buildings. And I don't think anybody debates that point. Correct. I mean, that's that you start with that assumption. We need space. You know, you, you bring up a good point. I don't know that there isn't any pushback on that, but I can tell you that we haven't we haven't got a lot a lot of pushback on we haven't, we haven't got any pushback that I know of that disputes uh, the enrollment and the growth and the, the numbers that we have, and I think that's uh, that's easy for anybody who lives 
in or around Sioux Falls to see the growth, the economic vitality, and the and the rooftops that continue to go up, and of course with that come uh, come families. And I think sometimes it's people forget that you aren't the only district in the city, um, and there's a lot of pressure on other districts around us, Harrisburg, T, all these different places. But you've got the big numbers. And so what is the projection for enrollment next year and then five years? Well, uh, next year we should be uh, just over 24,000 students or right there about. Um, And it's interesting you say for five years. Five years from now we're projecting to be just over 25,000. So in the next five years we're projecting that we grow by about another 1,000 students if I look back over time, um, I can see that that's, uh, that's, really, that's really most likely a, a pretty conservative and pretty accurate projection. We grow by about 200 to 500 students a year. And so to, uh, to grow by another 1,000 students in the next five years, I think really is a pretty conservative estimate. So the task force you put together uh, came back and says, said uh, that we need a high school, a middle school and one elementary school? Yes. Right away, in the near term. Yes. And then some extra money for other needs, which we'll get into in a minute. So it's $190 million. That is a huge amount of money. Now, my first question is, that's just the cost for the construction and the other issues. How much will it actually cost us? Because how long is the bond, do you think it'll when we get to the end of this, how long will the bond be for? And so, I mean, like when I look at my mortgage, the house was $190 million. <laughs> What's right. my actual mortgage? Yeah, and you're exactly right. One of the things we said early on was it's going to be hard for me to look at $190 million and make sense of it for me. What, is it, what does it cost me? So first of all, $190 million, we'll pay, that, uh, we'll pay that bond off. And for those that don't know, what does that mean, pay that bond off? Mm-hmm. I'd make the analogy of a mortgage, a home mm-hmm. mortgage. Um, you, you, take out, uh, you take out a loan, and that life of that loan might be 30 years, it might be 15 years, it, it, or, or some other figure. But there's, there's a term on that mortgage. Well, the term on our bond would be 25 years. We're estimating that the, but that the bond amount will be about 4%. So um, still, still pretty good money, uh, if, if you will, uh, from, from that perspective. What we've done is we've taken those assumptions and we've looked at uh, what's the cost to the individual homeowner. But what is the, what is the final number? And it's always, a, it's always a shocker, you know, when you buy a house, when you build schools, the amount of money you end up having to pay over that 25 years. How, how much is it? I don't have that number. You're okay. talking $190 million amortized yeah. over 25 years. It's a lot of yeah. cash. You sure it is. So, and my point being, the only place you have, school district only gets its money really from one spot, you know, and that's whether it's the state or uh, our local property taxes, it's a lot of it is property taxes. Um, and so that's the only way you can build new schools right. is to borrow the money, right? You're exactly right. The, the, money, the money comes either in uh, general obligation bonds or uh, capital outlay certificates, but it's, it's bonded money almost always to, to build new schools. Is there any way to do it? Is there any way to finance this other than just 25-year bond, 190, we're going to do it? 
Not for us, there isn't. Uh, there, there may be some other options for some districts, but not for us. Uh, Why is that? When, you, when you're talking $190 million, for the reasons you just explained, our, uh, our, our revenue comes in the form of uh, property taxes. Um, we get some federal funds as well and, and some other uh, stuff that in terms of a quarter million dollar bu- or quarter billion dollar budget mm-hmm. are kind of nickel and dime. Well, and it's stuff. operating costs. But Yeah, right. This right. is a capital cost. So that's that's outside, not to be sort of wonky about it, but so I understand, that's outside the operating budget. So Correct. you've got this, you got paid teachers, you got to do all the stuff that it takes to run a school district, but then you have a capital budget that this money goes into. From that, you pay for the construction. Right. Is that right? That's exactly okay. right. Good. Sometimes <laughs> I get confused. I'm I'm a simple man. Well, if you hard. if you'll let me, Patrick, I'll go, go to that. I'll go to that. So, how do we get to the individual taxpayer? Mm-hmm. What does it mean for me? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have to pay 190 million dollars. What do I have to pay? That's that's what's interesting to me. And so, what we looked at was the the cost to the homeowner, and we started with the median priced home in the city of Sioux Falls. And the median priced home in the city of Sioux Falls is right at about 185 thousand dollars. Uh, median means middle. It's not mm-hmm. average. It's middle. Right. So that means half of the homeowners in Sioux Falls have a house that's valued less than 185000 and half of the homeowners have a house that's valued more than $185,000. But the median homeowner, to pay off that $190 million bond over that 25 years, is going to pay $2 per month or $24 annually. If you're wondering what it costs you, if you don't have that one middle-priced home mm-hmm. of $185,000, find out what your home is valued at and take that value times a dollar and eight cents. So if you've got a half-million-dollar home, if you're on the high end of, of homes in Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. you're going to pay $5.40 a month. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your home is, is less than that, if you've got a $100,000 home, you're going to pay an additional $1.08 per month to have a new high school, a new middle school, a new elementary school, and f- about $40 million worth of uh, projects that, that uh, get it to safety, security, and equity across the district. And that is for the, the life of the bond? Yes. For 25 years? Yeah. So if you add it all up, it's it well, that'll, be a lot of money, th- th- that'll change based on uh, based on the, the the value the value of your home and so forth. Oh, sure. Um, the problem for you too is, and I mentioned this earlier, is we also need uh, a new water reclamation plant, a new j- and a new jail, and everybody's sort of pulling from the same taxpayers, although they've got different funding mechanisms right. and stuff right. like that. Do you worry at all about that getting all? There's a little bit. There's sticker shock on 190. There's sticker shock on 260 from the city for the water reclamation, and then we need a jail. There, there could be a little bit of just general taxpayer fatigue there, even if it's two bucks a month. I worry about anything that's going to raise taxes, y- anything. And then when you get multiple things raising taxes, I, I think there's a reason to be worried there. And, uh, and really, to, for me, this is a situation of defining the problem, working to put together a practical solution and then get together with the ultimate form of community engagement, and that is a vote. Mm -hmm. So our community gets to decide this. Our superintendent doesn't get to decide this. Our board of education doesn't even get to decide this. It's our community. It's you and me. It's the tax folks who pay taxes 
in this community. Everybody's going to get a vote, and, and we'll decide whether or not this was the appropriate solution or, or, or even the right time for this issue. And we're going to talk about that because it's right around the corner if everything goes as planned. Uh, we'll be right back with Dr. Brian Maher, superintendent of Sioux Falls Schools. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Four forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we return to our conversation with Dr. Brian Maher, who is, of course, the superintendent of schools in Sioux Falls public school system. And uh, we've been chatting about the proposal uh, for a new high school, a new middle school, and a new elementary school for what could be one hundred and ninety million dollars. Now, Dr. Maher. That's a that's a lot of schools to build, isn't it? I mean, have you ever been involved in a building project like this before? No, I've I've been involved in uh, several bond issues, bond referendums before, uh, but not for uh, not for this size and this scope of work. It it really is in, kind of amazing that we do need that many schools. But the the, the middle school numbers uh, in particular are kind of impressive because we what, we have five right now, five middle schools or six? five middle schools right now, and this will be the sixth. If we would pass a bond issue, it would it would be the six months. And there's school. just nowhere to put kids right now. You know, here's the here's the the picture I like to paint for everybody. If you're wondering about our middle schools, Memorial Middle School, uh, a very full middle school, very beautiful middle school on the west side. Memorial Middle School in the state of South Dakota is the sixth largest school in the state, not the sixth largest middle school. Mm-hmm. It's the sixth largest school. Three schools here in Sioux Falls are bigger than Memorial, Washington, Lincoln, and Roosevelt, and then Rapid City Stevens and Rapid City Central. Those are the only schools in the state of South Dakota that are bigger than Memorial Middle School. It's bigger than every other high school in the state. Watertown, Aberdeen Central, Brandon Valley, Harrisburg, Mm -hmm. um, bigger than all of those high schools. And uh, remember, there's only three grades in Memorial Middle School. So it's a very large school, um, and while it is the most pronounced in terms of being full or, or over full, it's not the only uh, middle school we have that's uh, beyond capacity at this point. So now you're going to keep Whittier or the site of Whittier, right? Yeah. Not, but well, this, but the new place would go southeast. Well, the uh, correct, and let me make that clear. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the task force uh, said in their recommendations to the board of education was. We are committed to the core of our community. And while that encompasses a lot of schools, the school that got the most conversation was Whittier Middle School. So Whittier Middle School will stay intact. And one of the things that we'll look at is we'll begin to look at uh, purchasing land for the long term so that Whittier Middle School, while it may not be in its current building, there will be a Whittier Middle School on that site for a good number of years to come. Because the other one's uh, Edison is core, core of the city a little bit further south but correct when i was a kid that was the south side uh patrick henry same thing sort of yep. uh more affluent area but certainly in the core and then uh memorials on the outside right. uh, uh, uh mcgovern's on the outside skirts so this one would go southeast this one would go southeast um, and and we would have to it's interesting as you say that so when you think of whittier you think of edison you think of patrick henry um, those are all beyond their original programmed capacity as well. So while they're not they're not memorial, they're not way over capacity. 
they are some uh, there are some buildings there that also need some relief in terms of enrollment. So when we go to the southeast, one of the things that we would have to do is redo the boundaries so that uh, the resources, the buildings, mm-hmm. um, can actually uh, t- take care of the uh, the student population yeah. that we well, have. Well, that would be fun for everybody. Uh, <laughs> and then just yeah. briefly on the uh, high school, a new high school, fourth high school, which obviously would be called, let's see, we've got Washington, we've got Lincoln, we've got Roosevelt. Uh, that would be Jefferson. And you already got a grade school named Jefferson, right? So, oh, no, you renamed We that. used to have a, an That's elementary right, name. so you renamed that, so you freed up that name. Jefferson High School will go in the Northwest, right? If we pass a bond issue yes. and if we build a new high school, that new high school, uh, yet to be named, will go in the Northwest quadrant of the community. Mm, there you go. <laughs> um, and we won't even talk about where exactly that might be. That's for another day. Because let's talk about the election with uh, Dr. Brian Maher, uh, superintendent of schools. If uh, the board accepts this recommendation, the election would be in September, right? Correct. You know the it, date? Correct. It would be September 18th. Okay. Um, why? Why? There's a general election in November. Save yeah. the money. Do it all together. A, a great question. The, uh, the school district budget, ours and every other public school across the state, have to have their budgets certified and turned in by the last day in September for the for the coming year. So for us to access the, the, the bonding amount that this would create, we have to have our budget finalized by September 30th. So from that perspective, uh, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't behoove us to wait until the November election and lose the uh, access to that money for this coming year. What, but what money, if it's a capital fund, do you have to, what's the connection between the capital fund and the operating budget there? Do you have to have your capital budget in by the 30th as well? Or I, I don't understand all of our, that. All of our funds, uh, special education funds, uh, general obligation funds. So if you're going to do funds. anything on this project, you, if you don't do it before the end of the budget year, you'd have to wait until the next budget year? Or, or we would have to amend our budget um, at, at a later date. Which you could do. We could do. Then uh, why spend the money? I mean, is it, is it worth it to not have to go through the hassle of the amendment process? Yeah, we th- we think it we think it's worth it to spend the money, and I wish I remembered that amount. Okay, because it's because it's not it's a, insignificant. It's a couple hundred thousand dollars, I think, is what it is to 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 have an election, independent election. Is that yeah. right, or am I way off on that? Um, I also think, pulling I th- from my I head. think you're off, but I don't know about way off. Probably I'm, off by a zero. Could be like twenty thousand dollars. No, but whatever it is, if it's a hundred thousand, it's it's still it's, money. It's, it's real money. money. It's real money. Yep. Um, are you going to use? The, the big precincts or the precincts that, because the last time we did the big precincts, the super precincts, mass confusion reigned, as I recall. And I don't remember when that was, but people didn't know where they were supposed to vote Yeah, because people are creatures of habit. Patrick, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know what the precincts look like at this point. I, okay. you know, I haven't been any part of that conversation yet. Haven't got to that level of detail We haven't yet. made a decision. Our board it. hasn't officially called for an election yet. When do they do that? I think they will do that at their July 23rd regular Board of Education meeting. And so that's when people can come and th- You've been taking input. You've been having public hearings and that sort of thing. We, the task force did, right? Yeah. Well, we've had a great deal of input. We started this out with community engagement. So anybody in the community could come to those meetings. And then we went to the task force meetings, and then we just completed a community-wide survey. So everybody in the community had an opportunity to weigh in on that survey. But this is when the rubber hits the road. This is when people will show up if they have the final, if they have concerns. That final decision will be on July twenty-third. Okay. 
That's what we needed to know. Well, it's going to be fun. Uh, we will have many opportunities to weigh in when we see the uh, board's final recommendation, which will be later if this month. So it's happening pretty fast. Uh, could be big changes on the horizon. Dr. Brian Maher, thank you very much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Patrick, thanks as always. Appreciate it. We'll come back and finish up the show for today and talk about what's coming up this week. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it has been a wonderful, wonderful day. Really thank the Superintendent Maher for coming in today and undergoing the questions that he answers a thousand times. I do appreciate that. Coming up, uh, let's see. Don't forget, I talked about the uh, the parade and everything on the 4th of July. Uh, the big fireworks, JC's 4th of July celebration is 5 p.m. out at the fairgrounds. Mission is free. Some good people have made that happen. Gates open at 5. You can park for 10 bucks, but give them some money, people. It's out there. It's going to be a blast. All kinds of good stuff. Coming up this week on the show, the Twins play tomorrow at 3. Unless there's a rain out, we won't be here. Then there's a holiday, but we'll be back on Thursday with, you've waited a while for this, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub will be with us. It's going to be awesome. That's the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. It's the